Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. It's times it usually take for you guys to get in and do that if it's all cleared out and, and uh, fairly ready to go like that. Yeah, so assuming that the condition of the floor is good and, and there's no moisture issues and, and it's dry when we get there, a double car garage can be um, completed start to finish in one day. Nice. Um, so, so we can get out there early in the morning We'll do all of our prep work, we'll apply our coating, and by the end of the day, um, you know, we put up uh, our caution tape and, and let it cure overnight, and it's ready to go for walking traffic the next morning. Nice, that's quick, and then you can get in and uh, start taking care of the rest of the project while you're at it. Yeah, typically, unless it's a really cold um, stretch of days, um, we often will install and apply the floor coating on it. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to talk here about one of my favorite subjects, the garage. And it is one of the many rooms in a home that gets forgotten many times. Things get stacked out there and it becomes the drop all, store all. But then for some people, it is a massive extension to the house. And today we've got Aaron Cash from garageliving.com. Welcome to Around the House, brother. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you. And you guys are, what I love about what you guys do is you're located all across North America. And you guys are really taking that space that for a majority of people, is not used correctly or even designed out. Absolutely. So we have uh, just around 50 locations, uh, both in the U.S. and Canada. Um, we, you know, work with homeowners in all different types of climates, types of spaces, size garages, and you know, it's it's really becoming a space that people recognize as valuable, and typically it it's overlooked. So. Um, with that recognition of value comes the desire to spend uh, some time, first off, to consider how they want to use the space and how they want it to look and feel. And then obviously the resources, money to, to invest in the space and, and really bring that uh, vision to life. And that is great. So if someone is thinking about, you know, tackling that garage project, you know, they've got their collector cars out there, or it's just a space that's not efficiently being used, what's the best way to start this process? Absolutely. So I think, you know, obviously giving us a call or going on our website and, and reaching out to us uh, through the site or by email is, is a good start. But even before that, I would, I would encourage um, um, homeowners to take a look at their space, uh, take a look at their lifestyle, and really understand what they're looking to achieve. Because to some homeowners, it may just be a really clean floor, um, 
nice bright lights and, and an empty space because they don't have gardening equipment and they don't have items they want to store. And so they don't need all of that. So, um, you know, really understanding what you want to do with the space and what you need it to be functionally is a good start. And from there, I would then recommend you having one of our design consultants come out to, to meet you in your garage and, and talk through some of those questions and understand what you're looking for. And then, you know, once we have that sort of needs analysis done, we can come up with a great plan to, to address all those, all those things that you want to achieve and, and design the space uniquely for your home and your lifestyle. Yeah, that is great. And I think one of the most important things that you start thinking about when you dive into this is not only, hey, where am I going to put stuff? How's it going to look? And for instance, garage floor finishes is a big one. And and I'll tell my horror story because uh, 20 years ago, I uh, built a garage at a when I lived in another state and I said, I'm going to do my own finish. And the little town I had, there was not a floor finishing company out there that was doing anything that was not a big warehouse and they didn't want to tackle any projects. So this was before a lot of the newer companies out there. But I tell you what, I thought I would go to the big box store and, um, you know, I let the concrete cure ride. I did the surface prep. And that was a huge disaster of a DIY project. And from then on, I've said, hey, don't try this at home, guys. This is left to the professionals. I know it's something that you guys do well. Let's talk about floor finishes because this can be a big DIY disaster when it's not done correctly, even if you follow the steps on the can. Absolutely. So to start off, I would say the floor is one of those uh, parts of a, any garage that dramatically changes the space. Um, you know, it's not necessarily functional in terms of uh, anything else to store items, but it transforms the garage from what typically is a dusty and dirty and dark because light doesn't reflect off of uh, bare concrete into something that's clean, very easy to keep clean and uh, quite bright. And so just redoing the floor has a dramatic impact on the entire space. So people often think, you know, that's the easiest way to do it um, is to go and get some product at, at the uh, home improvement centers. But the products they sell there are, are often not the highest quality and, and that sort of matches with the price point, which, um, which I understand. But this is one of those projects where hiring someone to use high quality materials and do the process right is um, extremely valuable and uh, an area that you wouldn't want to save a few dollars in order to have done because you end up just redoing it or end up with a bigger mess than you started with. Yeah, I ended up with a bigger mess. I'd followed the directions. The company, which is a major retailer out there, their house brand, and so it's a big brand that everybody knows. I'm not going to throw anybody into the bus here today because that's not what this show is about. But they gave me my money back, paid me to go back and do it again, and it did the same thing. They hired a company to come out and do it under the warranty stuff, and it did it again. So we finally, they paid to have it removed and I just left a, a concrete floor that was there after the fact. But I tell you what, um, having that finish on a floor is a game changer, especially if you're bringing your car in. If you're a northern climate people, you've got all that road grime coming off the car in the wintertime. Being able to clean that up and any oil spills or things like that or any drips like that. It's nice to be able to get it without having to worry about the concrete always looking dirty, no matter how clean you try to keep it. 
Absolutely. And concrete by nature is just uh, a stone. So the more you walk on it, the more you drive on it, the more dust is created. So really finishing the, finishing the floor with, with a good quality coating eliminates some of that dust production. And then, like you said, bringing in your cars or walking through the snow and slush and sand and, and the rest of it that comes off the cars in the winter, um, you know, it just sits there until you can clean it up. But uh, with, a, with a good quality coating, it's very easy to either uh, uh, sweep out or uh, wash out or even shovel out in the winter if it, if it actually falls off the car and it stays uh, in a solid form. Nice. And that just, I think it's just such a, a beautiful piece that's functional for a garage. Not even before you get into the, into the storage stuff that you're going to do in there. I think it's just, it gives a different feel. And like you said, with the light and the cleanliness, it's easier to keep clean. Absolutely. And then just, you know, like you said, the, the, the application is really the crux of, of a good product. So having someone that has the proper know-how in order to uh, prepare the concrete using uh, industrial strength equipment, essentially diamond grinding equipment that prepares the surface so that that high quality product absorbs into the pores of the concrete and bonds properly um, is really critical to ensuring that you're getting something that's going to last for uh, a significant period of time without any any maintenance whatsoever. Nice. If you guys come out and do a garage floor, like a, your traditional two-car garage, you know, pretty standard across there, how, mu how much time does it usually take for you guys to get in and do that if it's all cleared out and, and uh, fairly ready to go like that? Sit tight. We'll answer that question when we come back after these very important messages. If you want to find out more about the Around the House show, don't worry. Just go over to aroundthehouseonline.com. And you can find out everything there about the radio show, the podcast, and of course, the new TV show that's been airing this year. You can find out all the video over there. We'll be right back after these important messages. We'll be talking garages when we come back. Don't go anywhere. What's up? This is Stick and Satchel from Steel Panther, and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. Yeah. We love Eric G, and you should too. Welcome back to the Around the House show. We've been talking with Aaron Cash about garages. Now let's get back to that conversation. For more about us, head to aroundthehouseonline.com. Let's get back to the program. How much time does it usually take for you guys to get in and do that if it's all cleared out and, and uh, fairly ready to go like that? Yeah, so assuming that the condition of the floor is good and, and there's no moisture issues and, and it's dry when we get there, a double car garage can be um, completed start to finish in one day. Nice. Um, so, so we can get out there early in the morning We'll do all of our prep work. We'll apply our coating. And, and by the end of the day, um, you know, we put up uh, our caution tape and, and let it cure overnight. And it's ready to go for walking traffic the next morning. Nice. That's quick. And then you can get in and uh, start taking care of the rest of the project while you're at it. Yeah. Typically, unless it's a really cold um, stretch of days, um, we often will 
install it, apply the floor coating on the first day of the project, and then come back the next day to start fitting out the rest of the garage. So uh, one of the great parts of, of our business and the project for homeowners is that it's very uh, quick and it's not super disruptive to their lives. So again, we're not running through the house. We're, we're not bringing in materials. It's all through the garage. Uh, we don't require any of their power. So it's almost as if, you know, it's being done and they don't have any involvement and they don't have any frustrations caused by people sort of taking over their home. Nice. And I see that on your guys's website that you guys do car lifts too. And I wanted to talk about this before we get into storage. I think for so many people out there, this is such a cost effective storage, let alone way to work on your home, uh, on your car, in your home to maintain it. A car lift, if you've got the ceiling height, you could put twice as many cars in that garage and it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So, you know, depending on where you live, the cost of adding that square footage to the garage to park an extra vehicle would be many times the cost of installing a uh, traditional four post lift to get uh, one car on top of another. Uh, They can be used for light maintenance. But uh, for most of our clients, it's about storage and it's about adding adding additional parking space. And it's not that they use them every day. Typically, they're used for, you know, whether weekend cars or um, prize possessions or things that are even used just in the summer. Um, But uh, they really like having them at home. They know they're secure and it's really convenient when you do want to use it. So they're an excellent way to add that additional parking space. Uh, you get the car up out of the way. And then if you, you know, not only for, for cars, but we've seen lots of other applications where people have used them and the deck for uh, storage of golf carts or, you know, um, skidoos or sea-doos or, mm-hmm. or any type of other, you know, equipment that, that sort of needs a space to go, but it's awkward and large and, and uh, can, be, can be put on onto a lift and, and put out of the way without, without significant expense. Yeah, it's something that I'm going to add to mine. We're going to do a garage uh, addition, you know, in the next year or two here. And I'm going to put one in because my wife drives her uh, drives her 70s little Mercedes two-door convertible around. And you know something? In the wintertime, when we have bad weather, it goes in the garage and it's there for, for a few months on end. It'd be nice to have it out of the way without taking up that real estate. Absolutely. And then you can either park another car under it or you can put other items below it and not have to worry about bumping into the car or it, you know, being scratched or anything like that. It's safe and protected and out of the way. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes really good sense, especially when land is expensive and that addition might not even be possible depending on where you live. Exactly. So let's talk about storage because I know storage is big and you know, you can go down and get your toolboxes that roll around, but I tell you what, there is nothing like having real built-in storage that you can put things away permanently without having to worry about something that's kind of temporary and rolling around. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it really all depends on what the client needs. Um, Some clients don't have any tools, in which case they don't need uh, drawers and things for that. Perhaps that's not the case with your garage. It seems like you have a fair bit of uh, uh, tools and and, and the need for a tool chest there. But, um, you know, we really, we develop um, a plan based on a needs-based approach and uh, really understand what the client needs. And, and the great part of having us come in or having any professional come in and install 
um, whether it's cabinetry or wall organizers or overhead storage, is it, it's all planned for your specific uh, function and lifestyle. So it's unique to each one of our clients. Um, that being said, I mean, a lot of people will go in and do a kitchen remodel and then take the old kitchen cabinets and sort of just, you know, throw them up on the wall and, and make use of them. And, you know, that, that may be great for some people, but it, it may also not be functional for others because you essentially have a kitchen set up in, in your garage now, and that's not, you know, going to be conducive to what you need in there. So, good for hiding you know, things, in, right? But it's not really good yeah. for something that you're going to be using day in and day out. And quite frankly, by the time I'm tearing cabinets out, I want to see them gone. I don't want to look at them again for another 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the majority of the, the cabinetry and millwork inside the house is either wood-based or particle board. And it oftentimes is, um, you know, really not um, a, a product you'd want to put in a garage environment, whether it's heated or cooled. Uh, there's a lot of moisture. You said you're, you know, on the West Coast, um, you know, it's damp and, and those things type, you know, they tend to uh, swell up with water and, and, and humidity. And uh, that's not great for, for a product that you want to hold a significant amount of weight and uh, last a, a long time. So, you know, starting with products that are high quality, our company has a number of different exclusive lines of uh, powder coated welded steel cabinetry. Uh, we design uh, systems and, and components that, uh, you know, are unique and, and will work for, for a homeowner regardless of, of their space. And uh, then it functions and it, and it looks fantastic at the same time. Yeah, I think doing cabinetry and then a combination like with your guys' slat wall system, I think it is such a, a beautiful, elegant and smart way to store things when you combine those together. And it makes for just a beautiful well-kept garage environment. And that, that's really what we do. Um, you know, we, we're not a company that just comes and sells and installs cabinetry. We're really a design-based company that will come in and create an entire solution that takes care of every one of your needs. So that typically involves a combination of flooring and cabinetry, organizers, overhead storage, uh, not just one element, but many that brings it together into a completed space. And that's the magic. Yeah. And, and you guys also do some other storage stuff as well, right? Um, I think I saw on there that you guys had uh, some custom stuff that you guys do, depending on what, uh, what the needs are. All right, sit tight. We'll be back with Aaron Cash here in just a minute to talk garages. If you want to find out more about Around the House, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. That is the official website. So you can grab everything there for the radio show, the podcast, and the television show as well, because that will send you over to our YouTube page, which we have over here, you just find the TV station. That's KPTV Fox 12. So if you go to YouTube, you can catch that there. And then you can take a look over there at our playlist. Just look for Around the House Northwest, and you'll see our 200 plus videos we have hiding over there. We have so much more coming up on Garages after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. This is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from Keel, the Ron Keel Band and Steeler. We are rocking Around the House with Eric G. Raise your Welcome back to the Around the House show. Now we're going to wrap up here with uh, Aaron Cash. 
And then we're going to talk about some other things that you should be thinking about when you're remodeling that garage. And it doesn't matter if you're in the South, the North, or anywhere here in the United States. I've got some great tips for you to think about outside of this episode. So we'll be back after this interview here in just a few minutes. Let's wrap this up, and then we'll talk about some of the things that you might have forgotten about taking care of in that garage. Yeah, one of the things that just grabbed my attention on your website that I saw when when you and I were first kind of talking is wall storage for those snow tires or those seasonal tires that you have. Because here on the West Coast, where I've got mountains and, and snow tires can be pretty important, depending on where you're at, just kind of where you are at. And, you know, for many people up north, finding a place to put those, because I tell you what, I don't want to go taking those up the up the ladder into my attic space and storing them out of the way, because those things are way too big and way too heavy to go lifting up those set of stairs. Absolutely. And depending on where you live, snow tires are either, you know, wildly popular and, and everybody puts them on or usually no one does. Yep. Um, so, you know, uh, whether you get into Minnesota or uh, some in North Dakota, like they're just, they're there all the time. Um, even places like Michigan and, and, and uh, um, uh, it, it, it's something that we have to deal with. So uh, yeah, we have, we have tire storage and uh, it doesn't have to be mounted uh, very high. So it's easy to get the, the tires up off the ground because they're not usually very light but they do create a lot of space rather than stacking them in a corner that takes up floor space where you may want to park or you may want to install something else that's going to be functional. Um, they're often difficult to deal with, but uh, yeah, a good solid uh, tire rack that's uh, high enough off the floor to you know create space, but low enough that they're not too awkward to get up there uh, can be the perfect solution. Nice. Are there any other trends that you're seeing out in garages out there? I know it's things are changing so much with electric vehicles and charging stations and, and uh, you know, the automotive world is in a series of change right now. It is. And I would say just to, about, you know, sort of EV charging is definitely becoming a trend we're seeing more of. Pretty much all new construction builds that we see now are including at the very minimum a rough in for a charger. Um, and then, you know, garages that we do that are more of a retrofit after the, the, the home's been complete, clients are often asking for us to help figure out exactly how that's going to work because uh, the future looks like it's going to be electric and uh, they want to be prepared for that uh, because uh, doing it after the fact is a lot more disruptive and a lot more, it's a lot, it's a lot more costly. So, you know, in new builds, they'll, they'll have the, um, the, the roughens for that in retrofits, you know, they're, they're coming to us to consider that as part of the planning process in order to do that for sure. Yeah. And I've noticed it's been uh, in, in some communities and I've had these questions come in from the radio show here and the podcast where people weren't using their garage. It was for storage only, but all of a sudden they don't want to have this big, huge cord out in front of their house. And so now people that they've got the electric vehicles are redoing that garage just to get the cars inside where they can charge them easily without having to worry about that, uh, that cable that, uh, I've seen in some neighborhoods in my area has been stolen a few times. Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard much about, about theft, but for sure people are definitely uh, considering how they can use their garage space to charge their car. Um, you know, the, if the car can stay in a dry, warm uh, space, it, it'll charge faster and it'll retain the power. Um, but not only that, it's just the convenience of having, you know, being able to plug it in out indoors without having to worry about a dirty, um, cord getting pulled through the driveway. 
um, you know, people are really considering how they can make this as easy as possible for themselves uh, so that they can, you know, make an EV part of their life. And that is great. Is there anything else we missed about garages that we haven't talked about today? No, just the, the, the overall trend is, is, as we were discussing before, is that people are really recognizing the value of the space and that they are dedicating the resources to extend their lifestyle and their design aesthetic into the space and really just make, make it a functional room in their home. And so the more that, that people recognize how, how much opportunity there is, regardless of what you want to use it for, um, the, the more I think we'll continue to have discussions like this and, and we'll continue to build our business. But also, um, the more people will start to realize, you know, this really has a lot of opportunity and uh, I'm going to make decisions based on, on how I can maximize it. You know, Aaron, there's one other thing I want to touch on too as well. And, and you know, we have a lot of contractors that listen to the show is that uh, you guys are a fast growing company going across North America and you also have franchise opportunities. So if there's not a garage living in your area, you guys are expanding out there across North America. Absolutely. So if, if there's not a garage living in, in your community, um, you can feel free to get in touch with us and we can explore um, that opportunity and see if there's a good fit. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a growing market and a, a fast growing category. And uh, we like to um, always be the leaders in our, in our, in our industry and, and in, our, in our markets that we operate in. So uh, if, if that's of interest to some of your listeners, we'd be more than happy to have those conversations. All right, Aaron. What's the best way for people to track you guys down? Uh, our website's the easiest for sure. So garageliving.com. It has a, a large portfolio of our projects, our products, our services, and has uh, uh, all the ways you can get in touch with uh, your local market, your local location uh, in your local market. Perfect. Thanks for coming on today, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Eric. Have a great day. Thanks, Aaron. You guys have some really good options out there for people that want to sit there and have that uh, kind of one-stop shop garage makeover. So uh, I think that is great for the people out there that uh, don't want to go out and try to tackle themselves by hiring a flooring company and maybe a cabinetry company or buying stuff. I think that's a great option. I wanted to talk about in the rest of the show, some of the other problems that we're seeing in garages out there that are connected to people's homes, or even if they're detached. And there's some problems that we're seeing out there that I think are a big problem. And hear me out on this. And this is one of the things that I've seen in my neighborhood, because, you know, as we see homes being built out there, we have all these new homes that are built that are, you know, I've got all the best of building science, but the problems that we're seeing, and I think it's important, the problems that we're seeing here are big ones because if I go walk down these brand new, you know, 1.5 to $2.5 million homes down the street by the lake by my house, and they're brand new attached garages. And in the winter months here, when it's raining, you will see somebody, maybe they've got one car, maybe they got two cars. They will pull into that three-car garage and shut the door. Well, that space is warm. It's insulated. It has insulated doors that are glass. And when I walk the dog in the morning, I see water running down like somebody sprayed the inside of that garage door. And I think that's a big one. I think that's a big issue. So what I'm seeing here is big ventilation issues because somebody will drive in with a wet car 
or a hot car, and they pull into this very sealed up conditioned space, and now you've got high humidity that's going to create mold everywhere in that garage. And so really what you need to do is either have ventilation or you need to have some kind of dehumidification in there to handle that. So there's a couple different ways to do this. One, you could put in vent fans in there with humidity sensors that would pull the air out. But the problem is when you do that, it's probably wet outside. So you probably have high humidity anyway, right? Because your car is coming in from the environment outside. So really, you almost have to put in either dehumidification or pulling in air that is already conditioned from the living space. Well, you can't have in a garage because of carbon monoxide and stuff, you can't be swapping air inside of the house. So you almost have to have a dehumidifier in that garage to help control that, that air, or you'd have to come in and have its own mini split system to take care of that that would only be for that garage space inside. But the last thing I want to see you do is go in there and really have mold or any of those other issues inside the garage space, because that's going to be a problem if you've got all your Christmas or holiday stuff in there. So let's talk about more of that when we come back just as soon as Around the House returns. Let's see if we can solve this. to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We've been talking everything about garages. And one of the problems I'm seeing in new builds right now is it's a big issue is that condensation from wet cars pulling into brand new homes with insulated garages. And because you can't be swapping air with inside of the house, you either have to have vent fans, which might just end up swapping out air that is humid already that's outside because if you're driving in the rain you've got a humid atmosphere anyway but how do you keep that air moving so you don't have mold and excess humidity so really if you get above 60% humidity in that garage you are going to start growing mold it doesn't matter it's just going to happen and so these are issues that you can really see and cause really significant damage to anything inside the garage so this is something that we're going to have to really pay attention to out there. For all you people out there with brand new homes, this is something you should pay attention to. So have a humidity sensor outside in that garage, as well as a carbon monoxide and fire sensor out there. It's just smart to have it. That way, if you do have issues, you can at least manage it and know what's going on. But really pay attention to the humidity out in that space. It's a big one. Now, here's another one that has been, uh, as we build tighter homes, has been an issue. And... All of us had had unconditioned garages with lots of ventilation. It wasn't that big an issue. But you think about all the different materials we have out there, from paints to lawn care to all the different things that we see out there that are typically in our garages. Now, it could be cleaners. It could be if you like to wrench on things, everything from brake clean to paint strippers to all the different things. These are all toxic, and a lot of them give off some pretty crazy chemicals that you don't want in your home. 
Now, what can happen is, is when you have a very tight garage and there's nothing that is, um, you know, then there's nothing in there that is swapping that air out. You can now be feeding that inadvertently back into your home. So what I'm worried about is if you've got all these chemicals out there and these are things that are really bad, you know, you've got all these different hydrocarbons, you got all these different things that are out there in these chemicals from bug killers to paints, to spray cans, to, you know, your mineral spirits, to any of this other stuff out there that gives off VOCs. And there's a ton of this, right? So these are things that you have to be really careful with, and it shows up if you do air tests inside your home. So these are things that I really want you to be careful with. And I learned this from Caroline, you know, uh, former co-host here, Our Healthy Home. Uh, you know, she's uh, America's healthy home expert, and she really brought this to my attention of the different things that can be happening. So be really careful of what you're storing in your garage. Maybe a lot of that is better to be have sitting there outside in a shed, right? Because if it's sitting outside in a shed, you know, as long as it's not freezing or getting too hot, these are things that can be best stored outside. So they're not getting inside your home. Because the last thing I want to see is that happening. You know, I just don't want you to have to worry about any of these bad chemicals getting inside your home. Because as you know, that can lead to really unhealthy air and other health issues. So just be really careful of what's going out in that garage, because if it's given off chemicals, then these are things that uh, you don't want inside the air in there. So, you know, like I recommend, make sure you do some air testing. If you've got health issues, you want to know what's in that air. So uh, make sure that you're including those things in the garage. If you've got those nasty chemicals, think about putting them outside. Might be a better spot for it. And it's amazing how much of that air sneaks inside. So if you've got an older house, it's not that big a deal. However, and I say this, depending on how it's sealed up, if you've got a firewall, which many people do between the garage and the house, that's not doing a great job of keeping that stuff out of there. So make sure you're staying, um, you know, a little, little safer with that. That way you're good to go. And then really some of the things that I have really enjoyed, um, you know, there's a lot of new safety things out there. When you're talking about your garage, if you have an old garage door opener that doesn't have the safety lights across there, guys, just swap it out. I put a new one in and there are some great new products out there. You know, I just swapped out my garage door. I put in that, uh, that clope, uh, insulated garage door, the glass one it really changed how much sound and how much heat was going through my old one. Cause I had a 1977 wood door on there and it had a nice smile to it. So the, uh, the corners were raised up and the middle had drugged down. So I had to put a little added pad underneath the seal to try to make up for that. And it just caused all these other issues. So really when you take a look at this, make sure that, uh, you know, you're taking care of that garage and then the garage door opener is key. I swapped out when I first moved into the house. I had this Montgomery Wards 1977 original to the house garage door opener. And the first thing I did was snag that thing out of there because the problem with that garage door opener was just that. It was brutal. If it if you put a a, a can underneath that thing, like a soda can or a beer can that was full, it would crush it. It just didn't have the safety sensors for anybody running in and out of there or that thing closing. So I put on a nice Chamberlain at that time. 
And then when I put, you know, a couple of years later, when I added the neuter garage door to it, I put in one of the shaft drive ones and that was a game changer to me. And it's something, if you're thinking about putting in a new garage door opener, you should think about, you know, how garage door openers traditionally hang down in the middle of the garage. It opened my garage up so much by putting it over. Cause you know, I've got your traditional coil spring, you know, garage door where it's got the big coil springs up there. And that's what helps and assists the lowering of the door. Well, these new garage door openers mount to the edge of the garage door on the side. So it actually hooks onto that shaft and turns the shaft instead. That opened up the entire garage door. And then this new one is quieter because you don't have the track and all that stuff. So it's just a shaft drive. So you don't have any of the belts or the chains or the screws, any of that stuff. And for this heavy garage door, I needed it. Now, the important thing was, is that gave me all the new safety stuff, including a deadbolt. You know how people get concerned about how they can, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but there's an easy way to to slide in there and grab the rope and pull it and disconnect the garage door and then somebody can lift it up. I've seen people do it within seconds that are good thieves knock that out. Well, how do you combat that? Really easy. The rope isn't there. So there's nothing to grab. And then this has a deadbolt on it. So it takes a hardened piece of steel and jams it right behind one of the rollers. So if you go to lift it up, you're not lifting that door up. You are going to have to destroy the door to get through it, which now makes a really hard place to do it on the front of your house in most cases. So it makes the garage door a place that someone can access. And so it adds that extra level of security. The other thing I thought was really cool too, which I really thought was awesome was that um, you can also, with the Chamberlain, through their app, and it pairs through another app to get to Amazon, but if you have package thefts and you're worried about your Amazon deliveries going, you can actually give access to the garage by that. And so when the Amazon delivery driver comes up, they have access via their app to open your garage door enough to slide the boxes underneath. And the cool thing is, is that driver can't leave until the garage door is showing on their app that it's closed which means someone's not going to leave that door halfway open because they were on hurry to their next delivery. Or if there's some kind of error or fault, guess what? They have to wait there until a service tech shows up and looks at the door, which I like. Now, the other thing that it has is the battery backups. What's that mean? If I lose power and I want to get my car out of the garage, I can do that. Or another way of egress, if the power's out, I can open that a number of times and still get it open. So these are all great things to think about with your garage and make sure you've got it. And then, of course, these days, there's all those LED lights out there that you can put around that use little or no power, but you can give yourself a ton of great light with that. And if you want to see a review I did on one of the garage lights that you could do, just one of the screw install ones for an old garage, I've got that up over on our uh, Around the House online. So if you just go over to aroundthehouseonline.com and go to the videos, And when you go to YouTube, just look at the playlist that all my videos there are attached to. And then you can find my review on uh, the Amazon lights that I bought that uh, worked pretty darn well, but you should take a look at them and I'll show you what happens in the cheap ones versus the not so cheap ones, because I had a set that boy, those things burned out pretty quickly and they got really hot. Like I was getting ready to let the smoke out of them, which is never good. So be careful what you buy on the internet. Not all those LEDs are good. Some of them. They get overheated easily, and guess what? That's when they fail, and it could cause other problems. All right, everybody, that's the end of the show today. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. I really appreciate it. 
If you're listening on the radio, thanks for tuning in. And for you podcast listeners, I'll see you on Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to Around the House. Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.